Hi everyone, I'm Sanhara and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but is specifically dedicated to Black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men. You guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Kiana, a prenatal and postnatal yoga instructor focused on womb wellness. A healing journey. So I'm so excited to have Kiana here today. As mentioned, she's a yoga instructor and we're going to start with talking about her journey and her journey dealing with endometriosis and fibroids and how that led to yoga. So Kiana, you want to go ahead and jump in? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. When it comes to endometriosis and fibroids, this is something I've been dealing with for well over 10 years. I was diagnosed with endometriosis very young. I would say, I think I was about 23, pretty fresh out of college, and I had never heard of the term before. It's interesting because when you think about all the things that you learn in health, for me, that was never anything that was brought up. And so I was, I had never heard of it before. And I recall mentioning to someone that this was what the doctor said was causing pain. And they said to me, wow, this means you're going to have trouble having kids. So imagine mm-hmm. from age 23 on, that's that in the back head. of my mind because I really didn't mm-hmm. take the time to do my own research to find out whether that was true or not. And so yeah. that caused a level of insecurity for me at such an early age. And I think in some ways kind of made me you know, anxious uh, about that and about relationships and is that going to make me a desirable mate? And so I dealt with that for a period in time, you know, went through whatever uh, medical protocols the doctors recommended from birth control to injections to help it to subside. I had the laparoscopy where they, you know, cut some of the scar tissue out Mm -hmm. um, and removed it and I was living okay. And then I felt another sharp pain and I go back to the doctor. What was it? Probably, probably six years later. And they say, you have a fibroid. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh my God. And the interesting thing, I know your podcast focuses a lot on the fact that black people don't talk about these things. And it's true Mm -hmm. because even speaking to one of my aunts, I remember like a recent conversation and I mentioned about what I'm doing when it comes to wound wellness. And she was telling me a story about how she had a fibroid. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me this before? <laughs> no one, no one talks about it. And so I am yeah. glad because, you know, you think about it, I've been dealing with this for so long, but honestly, I really just started talking about this probably a year or two ago. So, I mean, mm. for me, it was something that I felt like no one else was dealing with because I didn't hear yeah. anyone else talking about it. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is just some crazy thing that I'm dealing with. And I, I just, I just was like, okay, I'll go along with what the doctors say. And so it became a certain point in time when I determined I wanted to take my own health into my own hands. Mm -hmm. And while of course going along with what my doctor recommended, what things can I do on my end? I'm not just helpless. I'm not just, you know, popping birth control pills and hoping that this will alleviate everything. And so what are some things that I can do to, you know, have a healthier womb? connect with myself in a different way. And so when you talk about yoga, yoga really means union. And so it's about Mm -hmm. that mind, body, spirit connection. And so when we we think about um, womb wellness, I mean, there's so many women out here who are really disconnected um, in their bodies. And so that is one of the benefits to me 
for yoga when it comes to dealing with issues of the womb is getting back to that connection, getting that grounding, getting that mindfulness, getting to breathe, which so many of us don't get a chance to. And then you add COVID on top of it. We have not been breathing. So, (laughs) Mm. Why is it so difficult? Let's talk about the frustration when it comes to, when I've spoken to so many women who are single and who want to have children, they're like, oh, what should I do? You know, should I do A, should I do B, should I do C? And I'm always like, you know, talk to your doctor, pray about it. You know, I don't have the answers. I can only tell you what my journey was. So talk about some of the frustration associated with being single and wanting to have children. Um, and how that, you know, impacts your life and even flows into your workflow with yoga. Sure. I think that amongst people that I speak to, you know, in sister circles, a lot of women, as we get to be women of a certain age, you know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're in our thirties, getting close to 40, you know, Mm -hmm. some people I think are afraid to even mention that they want to have kids because you don't want to be let down. Whether they have a woman issue or not, they don't even want to mention that they want to have kids because then that adds the added pressure. And so it's almost like a defense mechanism, like, oh, I can have kids. I could not have kids. But really and truly, deep down inside, you want kids. And sometimes it gets scared to even, you know, you get scared to even speak that because you don't want to be let down. You don't want to be disappointed. And if you add to the fact that you're not even partnered It's like, how in the world is this going to happen? Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, it's hard because I was talking to a girlfriend recently and we were talking about, it seems as though society, especially, I can only speak for my community, but in the black community, it seems as though it's like, okay, don't be a teen mom. All right. Go to college. Okay. A bachelor is not enough. Get a master's. And so you have this window from, I think, age 25 to 32, where people view that as the acceptable range of time when you should be having a chill, a child, anything too <laughs> early, you're judged. Anything too late, you're judged. I mean, not late, but you know what I mean? Like anything yeah. after that time period, you're judged. And so it's a really a lot of internal pressure and the pressure only comes to the women. It doesn't come to the men at all. <laughs> Exactly. Because they can pretty much have kids at any point. And I saw an article, I think it was Van Jones, uh, the uh, commentator on CNN. He had a child. Yeah. And I forget what they termed it, conscious parenting. And so I know a lot of people were split on, you know, that whole thing. But I'm just kind of like, well, if you're at a point and obviously, you know, you want to have children and there's someone that wants to have a child as well, like, Hey, like what, what is You're both consenting adults. Like what is, what is the issue with, with going that route? You know, to me, it's no different than using a sperm donor, right? right? Um, It's a little bit better because you, yeah. One who's going to be an active partner in it. So. Yeah. I was going to ask you your thoughts on that. Were any, was anyone talking about that in your circle? Like, Hey, I should do that. Or that's crazy. Or. No one in my circle, were. we weren't really talking about it, but I definitely did read it. And again, I think that what we are seeing in our society is there are so many ways to create family. And really, it was interesting because one of my uh, girlfriends, her um, stepchild, he, he said to me the other day, he said, Auntie Key, how are you my auntie? And 
We, I've only known you for a year. That's a good question. It's a very valid question. And so I said to him, I said, we are, we are family. I said, in our community, you can be family from blood or you can be family from love. And I said, mm-hmm. we are family from love. I said, you are my nephew I because that. I love you. Mm-hmm. And because I consider your, your stepmom to be my sister. And so I, I love that. That is the yeah. way I was raised. And I think that if we can let go of some of the constructs of what family really means, mm-hmm. it would just expand. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, like, what could we really be if we could let go of what some of the constructs that we have around what family really means? How much more could we love and how much greater could we be as a society if we would let that go? Prenatal and postnatal yoga. And let's talk about the prenatal and postnatal yoga. So I know that you mentioned that you've been focused on that and now you're working with teens. Tell us a little bit more about that practice and how you got into it and exactly what you're doing. So interestingly enough, I have worked with teens since I graduated college from working at Job Corps as a counselor to working as a mentor for youth groups and church. I have always had a connection with teens. Even when I was a substitute teacher at one time, I I did high school and I've always Mm -hmm. had a connection with them. And I feel like when it comes to motherhood, again, teenagers are a a subset that are often judged and ridiculed. And at the end of the day, whether a child coming at that particular time is the right time or not, the child is coming. And so how much help is it going to provide for the mother or the child to constantly shame them, make them feel judgment or unloved? And so I feel a calling to help specifically that demographic Number one, connect to their womb space, because that is important. Connect to their baby, alleviate some of the stress that they're dealing with, because while some things are easier for them, um, because, you know, when I was when I was a teenager, we didn't have the Internet. But, <laughs> exactly. Right? Myself right there. So while some things are easier for them, some things are more difficult because yeah. of those technological advances. And mm-hmm. so being able to, you know, connect with them and help them know that their breath is their power, their breath is their anchor, and that they can return to their breath at any point throughout the day, giving them the tools, because that's really what it is. Yoga, breath work, meditation, Mm -hmm. it's all about having the tools that you need to help you in times of uncertainty, doubt, you know, anything. And so um, I think it's all about adding to their toolkit, because at the end of the day, the power resides in them. And so I want to be able to be a person to add to their toolkit. I want to be a person who can help them so that they're not having unnecessary premature births or, mm-hmm. you know, going through some of the things that could be avoided just because of stress. So many things that we deal with as Black teens and Black women is mm-hmm. really associated with stress. Representation matters. And then something I mentioned to you, I, I said I'd done yoga before, and I said I never have come across or never have worked with a Black yoga teacher. And obviously, I know they're out there, mm-hmm. um, but just in, in my settings, like I, I haven't had the opportunity, and I really want to. And so let's talk about why representation matters and why it matters to see someone who looks like us, you know, practicing yoga and doing yoga and showing us the right movements and things, you know, to put our bodies in the best position it 
can be to conceive or, you know, even after conceiving? I think representation is huge. If you don't see anyone who looks like you doing something and more specifically leading something, how do you view it as something that is for you? And I think that even as I have, you know, journeyed to become a yoga teacher, I've had so many people come to me and say different things first, like whether it's I'm not flexible, I, I need to work on myself before I can come to class. I'm like, no, we come to class to work on it. Like <laughs> you don't have to already touch your toes. You can not touch your toes and we'll work there or you can not ever get there. And that's fine. Yeah, It's not all about being super bendy. And I think that again, technological advances, Instagram can be like a gift or a, a gift and a curse. Cause you could see people doing all of these advanced asanas or yoga movements and believe that that is the only thing that is yoga. And that is only one of the eight limbs of yoga. And so I think that having someone who is relatable, and that's why one of the things that I have tried to stay grounded in is that I use props and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm -hmm. I can't do every single yoga pose. And I think being honest and being transparent and showing that helps you yeah. to become more relatable because, mm -hmm. you know, people want to see that, okay, there's things I'm still working on. There's things I'm still learning. So we're all still, we're all learning together. together so I yeah. think that is really important for, for all the years that I've been practicing in most classes, I'm either the only black person or maybe one of two or three. And I've had that mm -hmm. experience of coming places and not honestly feeling welcome. I've had situations mm -hmm. where I pull my mat out and someone moves theirs out the way and you're like, well, dang, wow. I know I showered. Like, is yeah, this really like what's because, the problem? Is this really because you're so uncomfortable being next to me um, because mm -hmm. I'm black and everyone wants to in your heart of hearts, you want to believe that all of yoga is love and light, but with all yeah. light, there is also darkness. And so, mm. you know, you want to find places where you feel like you are celebrated, welcomed and valued. And accepted, yeah. And that is one of the reasons I'm a recent transplant here in Florida. I, I moved from the D.C. area and I recall mm. coming here and going to yoga classes and things and really not seeing a lot of people who look like me. And I met a friend here and she was saying she had the same experience. And so we decided to start a group called the Black Yogas of South Florida for that very purpose. That. So people can connect with us. If you want a yoga teacher who teaches more of a restorative class, we can help you find some. If you want a, a yoga teacher who teaches trap yoga, we can help you find somebody. If you want mm. a male, you know, a male yoga teacher, we can help you find one. Chair, like any kind of yoga that you want taught mm -hmm. by a black person, we are working yeah. to pull all those resources together. And so that is why we started our organization for that reason, because we didn't see that, that it existed. And so I think that mm. it really helps because there's so many different benefits from building community, from networking, from confidence building, just so many things. And so, yeah, I, I love the fact that I can represent, you know, black people in so many different spaces. I, I love the fact that I can provide education for some of, you know, the white allies that I come in contact with and, mm. help, you know, help answer some of their questions when they come up. And yeah. correct things that need to be corrected from time to time. And it was mm -hmm. interesting because when it came to the prenatal and postnatal, I went to training in Guatemala and I was talking. I was the only black person um, at that training. And I was telling the group about the whole representation matters thing. And the instructor, she was like, you know what? I've taught hundreds of women prenatal and postnatal yoga and you're only my third black student. 
And that was just eye opening wow. for me. And I'm like, how can pregnant women view this as something mm-hmm. for them if they don't see anybody? See anyone who looks like them. And like you said, you haven't even had a black instructor just teaching general yoga classes. Now you're adding another, you know, specialization yes. prenatal. Mm-hmm. It's not as many. And, and I've been the only black person in those classes as well when I did take it. So yeah, <laughs> it was always like, oh, okay, where's everybody at? <laughs> right. And, and you know what? You you and I both have been comfortable mm-hmm. or, or even forced ourselves, even if we weren't, weren't comfortable mm-hmm. to be in those spaces, but so many people Absolutely, won't. Absolutely, yeah. But so mm-hmm. many people won't. And so that's why having these organizations like Black Yogis of South Florida or, you know, some of the other groups that are out here It's helpful because everyone isn't going to allow themselves to be the only person. Warriors of the Womb Retreat and Benefits of Yoga. Now let's talk about your retreat that you have coming up, Warriors of the Womb. And once you finish with that, let's just end with some tips, some last minute tips and benefits of why people should do yoga. Uh, But let's start with your retreat. Tell us all about it and how people can attend and the dates and all that good stuff. Sure. So our retreat is, I'm doing it along with Phyllis, who on Instagram is the fibroid queen. So our retreat is seven days, six nights in Mexico, June 16th through the 22nd of this year. Um, We're really excited to offer this retreat because so many women need it, whether you have a condition of the womb or not. So whether you have endo fibroids, PCOS or anything along that umbrella or not, it's for you. So, so many Mm -hmm. women haven't taken the time to vacation, to unplug, to reset since before the pandemic. It's for those women. It's so many (laughs) women who have trauma that has been passed down through bloodlines you know, that the the retreat is for you. And so we are excited to be able to create this space where women can heal together, where where women can find sisterhood. Again, Mm -hmm. you think you would think that, oh yeah, women have a lot of friends. There are so many people who I have encountered who have never experienced true sisterhood, who have never experienced being able to trust women, to Mm -hmm. be able to heal with women, cry with women, laugh with women, you know, share their joy, share their pain. And so we are creating that um, experience. So it'll be in Acumal in Tulum, Mexico. It includes all your ground transportation. We're going to be having a cooking class focused on, mm-hmm. you know, meals that promote womb wellness. We're going to go into cenotes, which are underwater caves and underwater fresh pools. Underground, sorry. Underground fresh pools. <laughs> and there we will be having sound therapy we ha- it's just, it's going to be absolutely beautiful. And so Phyllis and I will both be teaching womb-centered workouts from yoga to hit everything that helps to strengthen our womb space. We have a, a, a massage that's going to be amazing included. And, and one of the things that was important to me, because I'm a person who has traveled extensively and I've also gone, mm-hmm. you know, even on other trips. But one thing that is important to me from my experience is downtime. And so we have built mm-hmm. in downtime for you to sleep, <laughs> for you to yes. rest, <laughs> for you to decide that you want to go off and explore on your own. So you don't have to feel like, oh gosh, for seven days, these people are going to be ushering me around from this place <laughs> to that place. No, we have we have created plenty of space for you to just And so we're really excited about that. And we also wanted to make it affordable. Prices start at $15.99, which is very affordable for -hmm. for that kind of experience because it includes food, Mm -hmm. too. Let's be clear. It includes food. 
And so it's very affordable and that was important for us. And there's payment plans as well as roommate matching. So let's say you want to go and you're the only person out of your friend group who would want to experience like something like this. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Still come. We can help match you with a roommate so that if you want to split the cost and have, you know, the double occupancy rate, we can help you with that. So I'm excited about it. If you are interested in registering, you go to www.warriorsofthewomb.com. And we're also on Instagram at Warriors of the Womb for more information or if you have any questions, definitely. And the last question was, why is yoga um, important when it comes to womb health, womb health and mm-hmm. womb healing? For me, for my own personal journey, like I said, it's about that mind-body connection that breath work is huge. Finding and seeking mm-hmm. peace is huge because you can get stuck all up in your head. <laughs> you can get stuck all yes. up in your mind. And especially imagine being someone who's given a diagnosis or unsure about their fertility, but yet it's something you really want. You can get caught up in your mind and you can, mm-hmm. you know, that really is where the battlefield is. And so having that mindfulness, having that breath work, having that visualization is huge. Moving that stagnant energy out of your body, you know, and in some cases doing some hip opening and doing some heart opening movements can really help to invite in what you what you really desire. I'm Snahara Eastman, and thank you for listening to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com and on snaharaeastman.com. And please note that due to COVID and scheduling, the Women First Fertility and Pregnancy Expo has been postponed to September. To learn more about the event, please visit Fertility Pregnancy Expo expo.com.